You're listening to Transcend the Podcast. I'm Asha Wilkerson, a business coach helping service-based entrepreneurs align their business goals with their personal goals to create a life they want to show up for. I will show you how to drop the expectations, thoughts, and beliefs that weigh you down as a woman of color entrepreneur so that you can create and walk your own path with success, confidence, and joy. All right. Hi, Tete. Welcome to my podcast. I'm happy you're here. How are you? Thank you. Um, I'm happy to be on your podcast and I'm well. Good, good. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. One of the things that is important to me is that we get, as we're planning this trip to Ghana, is that people get both perspectives, not just mine as someone who's African-American, but also have a representative um, of somebody who's Ghanaian. Not that you speak on behalf of all Ghanaian people, but your voice is very important. So I wanted to ask you a few questions about this upcoming trip and our intentionality behind it. But before we do that, why don't you tell everybody who's listening a little bit about your background? A little bit, right. Okay. <laughs> My name is Nita Tebano, and I am a co-director of TNG Talking Drum Force Limited and a tour organizer. And sometimes, if need be, I do the guiding as well. Okay. So you organize the tours, and then sometimes you actually lead them as well. That's what you're saying? Yes. And yes. with this trip, you're actually going to be leading them. Uh, we'll be leading it together, right? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, how long have you been working with American travelers that are heading to Ghana? Um, in all, for about 11 years. Mm -hmm. And what got you interested in working with Americans coming to Ghana? Um, it's just our, our, I guess, our heritage, mm -hmm. all of us. We share a common heritage. We have common uh, wounds. We have, if there is any glory to be celebrated, we have it together. Mm -hmm. We share all this. We share the past 515 years together. Mm -hmm. We have a peculiar history. Yeah. That period. Can you explain a little bit more about that? How much? Because I don't, I don't think, I know that a lot of African-Americans and just Americans in general don't really understand the historical connection between the U.S. and Ghana. And I didn't get it until I first visited Ghana. So when you say that we have a shared and common history for the past 515 years, what do you mean by that? So what I mean is uh, we all know uh, our history with uh, the coming of the Europeans in the 15th century and the aftermath. Uh, the aftermath, we talk about slavery and everything that that uh, occurred with it mm -hmm. and the destruction, uh, the taking away, uh, the losses and everything, the trauma. Mm -hmm. uh, here on the land, on the motherland and across the Atlantic. And so this is where we have, uh, we have evidence. Mm -hmm. uh, we have evidence, both material evidence and uh, even the human beings. We have uh, like... Um, a renowned psychologist, uh, Dr. Wade Nobles, who say shattered consciousness and uh, fractured identity. Mm -hmm. You know, we you are looking at that across from the Americas, and we are here. We are shattered. Mm -hmm. you know? And so we we both have the same injury mm -hmm. as far as uh, that event is concerned. Yeah, meaning that also colonization had an effect on Africans who never left just like it did, or maybe not exactly the same, but in addition to having an effect on the Africans that were taken? Uh, the difference was that some were taken away. 
mm-hmm. from the motherland. And so the disconnection uh, was deeper. Mm-hmm. And some remained on the motherland. That was also a different experience. But when you talk about colonial, the subject of colonialism, I think it's affected all, all of us equally because we, we both equally lost who we really, really, truly are. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are still under neo-colonialism. Mm-hmm. So we are not free here. Yeah. And you're also not free over there. Right. We do have the language and uh, a lot of heritage. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that, uh, but we are ready to share that with you. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And in addition to um, the longer history, there's a more recent history of actually some influential African-American leaders playing a part, at least intellectually, in Ghana's independence that I wasn't aware of again until I went to Ghana. So different leaders like uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., um, who am I missing? Marcus Garvey, he's from Jamaica. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, George Padmore from the UK, from England, and uh, there are many more. Uh, right. We might not have heard of and uh, Nkrumah actually also uh, while studying in the US. I learned he would spend weekends in Harlem on the streets mm-hmm. of Harlem and listening to uh, brothers uh, do their preachings and uh, whilst he argues with them. So that was like teaching on the street. So uh, a brother wrote an article that talked about neocolonialism and how African-Americans awakened in Kuma, mm-hmm. how in Kuma also awakened African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And so the relationship goes way back. That was the connection, how in Kuma connected everyone. Right. And so uh, they all grazed the independence celebration of Ghana in 1957. Mm-hmm. And Nkrumah was the first leader of that independence, which is why he's he's significant yes. in Ghana's yes. history and got some motivation from being in Harlem for studying in the United States. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, was he an alpha? Do you remember what fraternity he was in? I don't remember, uh, but he was uh, in one of these fraternities. I think yeah. the University of uh, Lincoln University. Yeah, he was part of the Divine Nine, as we call it out here. For any Greeks yeah. that are listening, yeah. you have a, a another world leader in your midst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, that was the connection. Yeah. And you also mentioned that we've all been disconnected in one way or another from our heritage and from our history, but that Ghana has remained more connected. So why why is it important for diaspora people to come back to Ghana? What can we learn from coming back to the motherland and Ghana specifically? So it's like plugging into uh, plugging a, a plug a wall plugging. We call it a socket here, where you plug uh, your ion pressing ion plug into the wall, mm-hmm. tap into energy in order to press your your dress. You mm-hmm. wear. So coming to Ghana means you are reconnecting. You are tapping into uh, this energy mm-hmm. that would activate uh, your your self awareness. Again, we say you reconnect into the ancestral blueprint mm-hmm. where we would be, we would expose you to uh, part of our cultural heritage you don't know, the mm-hmm. originality, uh, language, food, everything, so mm-hmm. that you, you become aware. 
Yeah. And it's an experience for all. Right. Yeah. It's like coming back to the source, right? Plug in. Like if you have, you said an iron plug in to, to press your dress. I'm thinking of all these electric vehicles that we have. Everybody's got to plug into a source to get some energy before you can, can go further down the road. So that feels like what coming home is plugging into the source. So then when we take off again, we can have a little bit more energy, get us closer to our destination. Yeah. All right. So over the the last couple of years, I think it was 2018, there was a big push for the year of return in Ghana. And me being skeptical a little bit, also, you know, focusing on social justice and being very aware of what it's like to travel to a place and leave an imprint. I wasn't quite sure if it was just like an economic thing, a government thing to say the year of the return, Ghanaians want you to come home, right? Ghanaians want you to come back. But then when I was in Ghana and met you and met the folks who work with you, there seemed to be a very real, genuine invitation for diaspora folks to come back home, to come to Ghana. So can you explain a little bit about that from your perspective um, why it's important to come home and and whether or not Ghanaians really want us to come back. Uh, to I would say that uh, uh, there is this African quote. It says uh, the ruin of uh, the ruin of a land and its people begins in their home. And so uh, this is the home. This is the gateway to the Ghana. Has, in fact, Gold Coast um, was, I believe, the gateway out of. Africa. And when the Gold Coast became Ghana in 1957, Mm -hmm. it also became the gateway to Africa. So Gold Coast was the gateway out of Africa and Ghana became the gateway to Africa Mm -hmm. and the motherland. So in 1956, Louis Armstrong, the famous jazz and blues uh, musician, Mm -hmm. came to Ghana, visited Ghana. And uh, if you should look at this on uh, YouTube, you would understand, you know, that, that will answer this question without mm-hmm. me saying much. And how he was welcomed. That was 1956. Mm-hmm. So he actually visited the Gold Coast and actually also marked the return. Mm-hmm. So in 1956, he was here. And then in 1957, Gold Coast became Ghana. Mm-hmm. That's a year later, the following year. And that brought in uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, Bob Marley, Marco Marx, uh, Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. and many more of them. And also uh, the coming or returning of uh, Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois, mm-hmm. who actually came to, uh, who moved to Ghana and lived here for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And also George Padmore mm-hmm. from uh, England. And so that was the independence era. Then after that era came uh, the 90s, where the head of state of Ghana actually launched out. And that gave birth to uh, Panafest, mm-hmm. uh, the Emancipation Day ceremony in Ghana. Up to today, we celebrate Panafest and the Emancipation Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Ghanaians welcoming uh, the diaspora home. Mm-hmm. And then quite lately, President Nana Akufuado, who is the current president of Ghana, uh, in 2019 launched or gave birth to the year of return. Mm-hmm. And now we have beyond the year of return. Right. So you can tell from this narrative that Ghana has been welcoming even before it became Ghana. 
Right. And so it's it's I believe this answers it all. If people mm. should look at the videos of Ghana's independence celebration uh, and also the coming of um, uh, Louis Armstrong, uh, you would understand. Mm-hmm. So there is so there's a historical sentiment of the country welcoming pan-African or diaspora folks back home. And then there's still a current day, a modern continuation of that sentiment. And I was pleasantly surprised to to learn or to feel really that it wasn't just a government thing. It wasn't just a, a tourism thing, but that it seems to be a really genuine thing amongst people um, who were happy to see us. And I remember going to the last bath and I don't remember who the the guide was at the time, but he was saying, you know, you are your ancestors returning. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's cute. But he was like, no, really the folks yeah. who stayed here watched our friends and family leave. And we never stopped looking West to see when they would come home. And literally now that you were coming from the West, you are the descendants of our people who left and you were coming back home. And I remember going, oh, like, whoo, that was so powerful. And um, I, not, I don't think it was just a sentiment because we were at the last bath, but it felt like a genuine welcoming into the country. Um, and everybody that we met, of course, was was super gracious and also just curious about, you know, who we were and, and what we were experiencing. Yeah, it's uh, the reality. Uh, uh, I believe even back then, uh, Marcos Gavi have said it, that uh, the blast timeline would have to ship people across the Atlantic back road. He meant ship, you know, building ships or acquiring ships to transport uh, uh, people of African descent back home, mm-hmm. going back to Africa. Mm-hmm. That was the campaign of the, uh, Marcos Gavi. Yeah. And so it's now looking like a prophecy. Mm-hmm. And he indeed was uh with some of us who say he was uh, uh, a prophet mm-hmm. you know because people are voluntarily coming back yeah we yeah. are campaigning it's taking effort from both sides uh, our leaders like nana kufuado and the past leaders have campaigned and actually pushed mm-hmm. and like you said you have noticed it, it wasn't just a political thing a political thing or economic thing but actually mm-hmm. people want it's the way Mother Africa is reaching out to its people, mm-hmm. its children across the world. And it's like some karma we need to uh, we need to work on. Mm-hmm. You know, karma simply means action. Mm-hmm. Uh, karma to us also means sankofa. Uh, you are moving forward, looking into the mirror of uh, our ancestry or the past. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, past looking behind you. So you are looking to reach back whilst you run forward, right. looking at the street and running forward. That's fixing, also fixing and healing yourself and paying the ancestral karma. The ancestors wish they could they could have come back. Some actually tried to. Some actually tried it. Mm-hmm. Some long and long for it. It never happened. Right. But now you are coming back. So we will say uh, ancestors are actually coming back because mm-hmm. in Africa, we also uh, believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. and reincarnation is not limited to Africa. It's, it's actually in every tradition. Mm-hmm. Right. Basically, it's ancestors who are returning. Mm-hmm. So there is that aspect that we actually hold on seriously to. Yeah. So this journey is uh, truly heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and we intend to make it pure and for you to to have a, an interface with uh, every aspect of it, language, food, everything, the cultural practices. Yeah, uh, you need to learn things so that you can you can also uh, the 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 you can also deduce uh, maybe new ways of thinking or new ways of life per the the things lessons we, you will learn from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I, that kind of leads me into my next question about why people should come to Ghana with us for this blueprint experience instead of just going for a tourism experience or the differences between what we're doing and what some other groups are doing. And so part of what you talked about was um, language, learning and, and, and hearing language. Um, you didn't mention it yet, but being included in um, ceremony, being welcomed into a village and, and meeting people and, and being a part of some of those ceremonies that will give us a deeper connection. What else do you see as some of the differences between what we are planning for people and what they might not get, what they won't get just on a bus taking shots for social media? Yeah, we, we will certainly be on a bus, but... Um... <laughs> Uh, we'll be on the bus to destinations. We shall be involved with uh, uh, ceremonies, yes. We shall be interacting and living within communities, traditional communities, communities uh, in the country where they have some of these practices intact. Mm-hmm. So we will be exposing you to all of this, live in a community a little bit because we don't have all the time, but we'll do our best so having said that, we also meant to also allow you to process and create a new narrative of yourself as mm-hmm. a person and the collective as all of the diaspora. And again, the bigger collective, collective uh, including all of us as Black people. Mm-hmm. So we want to establish that narrative. Uh, we'll be doing work on that in achieving that accordingly. Right. Uh, We'll also be doing some personal development exercises. Uh, we shall be doing certain sections of uh, yoga practice, like the breathing exercises, mm-hmm. the pranayama, and some meditation. Right. And also, we'll be talking about uh, and uh, you, who you are, and your career, mm-hmm. or your job, or your profession, whatever you do. Is it uh, centered around your in itself or your so characteristics we shall be looking into all those matters so it's a holistic adventure uh, it has a, a lot of retreat elements mm-hmm. to improve the self at the end of the day right definitely yeah we've been very intentional about making this a holistic deep dive right and not not where all of it is is heavy but we want to support you as you are Taking in new information, changing maybe some old thought patterns and beliefs, and then deciding how you want to move forward. So we'll help with all of that in this blueprint experience in Ghana. All right. Is there anything else that you want to add for folks, to folks, or tell them before we sign off and let them get on their way? What I would say to folks is that folks should make sure they leave everything America in America. Mm -hmm. Come with this voidness, no expectation. And this void will be filled. Right. You know, the voidness, it means you are downloading everything. Uh, you have 
being programmed to to be and to believe, mm-hmm. even leave behind and coming with that open mind to Africa and Ghana to to feel the emptiness you have created, the vacuum you have created. Mm-hmm. That way, that would give you the, the space to process uh, information and also uh, heal, because healing requires healing is faster when you are involved. You, the person, is is involved. Mm-hmm. So we we shall involve you. We shall involve you in the whole process. Right. So come and uh, come with your. You can bring your the young your young ones and uh, your parents as well. Yeah. For all of us, all of you. I would say if they're 15 years or older, probably bring them. <laughs> yes, uh, 15 years and above is fine. Yeah, yeah. But we will be we will be active in our healing journey and in our work. So, well, thank you, Tate, for your time today. I'm excited for everyone to get to meet you. I'm excited for everyone to come to Ghana with us for this Blueprint experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more on how you can align your business and your life with me as a coach, head to the show notes and sign up for the email list. See you next week.